You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. My guest, Hamid Roshdi, the founder of Café Vendrome, a very authentic French-style cafe concept with two locations here in North Metro Atlanta, which is, in my opinion, poised to grow because it's really a great model, Hamid. So welcome to the Business Hour. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Um, you know, Hamid, you, you chose to create an authentic French cafe, and you wanted to, from the basic elements of the bakery, uh, you wanted uh, to capture some of the tra- tradition of a French boulangerie um, with breads, with Viennese pastries, with uh, quality coffee as well, with authentic French cafe sandwiches, croquette madames, croquette monsieurs, two of my very favorite uh, sandwiches uh, or, or, or items, uh, and you even have homemade ice cream. Uh, tell us about how you arrived at the concept of a authentic French-style cafe and um, the many, many elements that go into uh, creating the concept and executing the concept. Yeah, so uh, as you know, I was, my background was in engineering, so I was living here for almost 20 years, and I found out that there is no real French bakery pastry coffee. Sometimes you find French restaurant, of, but the real French bakery pastry coffee was not existing. So when I went to go and, and work in coffee, I was not really happy to to be in some places where there is no atmosphere, there is no elegance. So I come up and say, okay, I would create something that, that can satisfy my needs. There is a need for it that I can use and I can share with the community. So I come up with this idea where I, I said, okay, I have different backgrounds from Italy, France, and I, I can come up with a French authentic bakery, pastry, coffee with good concept, allow people to see what's going on, share kind of the experience and be, allow people and kids to see it and then uh, do something like authentic, no additions of anything, just pure as it was in the past. And one thing you mentioned to me um, off, uh, off air uh, is that you chose to create uh, menu items which you like, yes. to do things uh, that are to your liking in general, even down to the interior design. And I, I think you're very fortunate that uh, at least we have taste which coincides because I think it's a great menu. Uh, I, I, there's almost nothing in the menu which I, I, I would not like. Yeah. Uh, and this is not true for very many places. I mean, we all go into restaurants where, oh, no, I, this is not something I would like. Yeah. But you decided that I'll pick things which I like. And, uh, exactly, yeah. Because I, I was thinking, okay, I will be in this place, and I want it for me. So what do I want? And what's my taste? And I'm very picky. I, I don't eat everywhere. I, I'm very picky. So I come up with a menu that, uh, that I like, and I was sure if I like it, since I'm picky, people will like it. And I made sure there is no addition of preservatives. I can eat soup. I can eat 
anything in the menu, anything, and I enjoy it every day, actually. I'm working there, and I'm eating there. And I, it was actually right, because the community supported it. When the community came and started tasting authentic French food, and all homemade and all made on demand, when you order a croque monsieur, we'll put it in the oven, we'll make it, put it in the oven. You will wait eight minutes, ten minutes, but you will have authentic, fresh croque monsieur. So it ended up being uh, actually very satisfactory for my customers. You know, I, I think we should take a moment here to, uh, I mentioned croque madame and croque monsieur uh, as being uh, two of my favorite uh, items. Uh, I was introduced to uh, croque monsieur and madame in, I think I might have been in Paris. It, it could have been one of the other uh, uh, cities in Paris, and we're going to be talking about some of the other uh, French cities because there are places where you live that yes. I believe had some influence on you. But yes. uh, but for our audience who has never uh, who have never had the pleasure of a croque madame or monsieur, describe what uh, a croque madame is and a croque monsieur. Okay. So the croque madame first is croque monsieur plus an egg on the top. So this is why we call it croque madame. And monsieur, as you know in French, monsieur is sir. Madame is Madame, lady. So uh, it's basically two uh, slides of bread, special bread. We call it pain de mie. So we make this bread, in, of course, in Café Vendôme. And we slice it. We put cheese and ham, and we bake it. And there's some bechamel in it. And then we bake it. When, and we bake it. when somebody said, I want croque, Madame, it's a croque, Monsieur. And we have this uh, egg on top of it. And it's delicious. So many uh, people around the world, but particularly Americans, can relate to a ham and cheese sandwich, even a grilled ham and cheese sandwich. Yeah. Uh, but we're talking about really quality uh, bread and ham and cheese. But also you have the bechamel sauce. Describe what a bechamel sauce is. Uh, it's, I am not an expert in all this, the description of the ingredients because, remember, I am an engineer. I only taste, and I don't make them, actually, because... If you go to the kitchen, you will see me eating and tasting, making sure that they have the right ingredient, the best ingredients, and they ate and they say, okay, it's good. But it's a very cream-based sauce. Cream, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, but I'm not even able to make it. Yeah. I so only taste it. <laughs> yeah. Imagine a your, your best uh, grilled ham and cheese with a, uh, a, a cream sauce yeah. uh, that makes it a little bit moist, and, uh, and then if you add the egg, you have... Uh, the uh, croque madame, exactly. and uh, and it's one of my favorite menu items, and I thought we should take a time to to talk about it just because we're talking about a authentic French yeah. cafe today. We have another one that is is called Bonjour Croissant, which is a croissant with eggs inside. We have uh, another one with hot tartine, which is a half baguette, and you put some cheese and curry, or goat cheese, or chicken, or tuna, and then you can put in the oven, and the ovens are all French ovens. I made sure that they, brought, they bring the, the, best, uh, the best brand, actually, from, uh, from France. Because if you are making something authentic, it's recipe, it's machines, and it's the way of making. So you cannot just use any ovens to make authentic French. We, we or I should uh, also add that uh, there are many countries uh, here and abroad uh, where... Uh, bread is uh, an item uh, that is highly desired. Uh, Americans are crazy about uh, our breads. 
and yet uh, we've learned much uh, about bread uh, in um, Europe so that you have uh, French breads, Italian breads, German breads, uh Dutch, the Dutch make yeah. great, great breads. You could have succeeded possibly just as a bakery. Yeah. Uh, and yet you chose to go beyond the bakery. Maybe we could say the bakery is your foundation. Yeah. And you have items that include, uh, pastries, uh, which from the chocolate, from the croissants to the chocolate croissants yeah. to the almond croissants, to the chocolate almond croissants, to some of your other uh, uh, pastries. Tell us a little bit about how you uh, decided that you would also create uh, some pastries, and maybe you can talk a little bit about uh, what it took to have a chef that was capable of baking those breads and those pastries. Yeah, so I will I will tell you how it works. In the beginning, I didn't want to do the bread. Why? Because the machines were so expensive. So I was saying, it's too expensive. But at the same time, I want a real good baguette. So what I did, I called the French uh, chef in Atlanta, he's a friend of mine who owns a restaurant. And I told him, I'm debating this idea that, can I, do you think I should do bread and baguette or I just buy it somewhere else? And he said, do the baguette if you can do it. So I listened. I just bought the machines. It's okay. And, and I... It ended up being a great idea because everything is founded on this baguette. It's according to my customers, and I can confirm because I, I eat it every day, it's the best baguette in Atlanta now. Why? Because it's fresh, it's authentic, no additional preservative, made every day, every morning, right temperature, right oven, right yeast. It's just amazing. So then, then the, of course, pastry, we need to make some pastries with authentic French chocolate, Valrona is a very, very good brand. And the Viennoiserie, all this croissant, chocolate croissant. You cannot imagine French bakery pastry without Viennoiserie. The Viennoiserie, you have all this amazing smell in the morning when you come here of this croissant. I mean, front, it's just the colors. It's just the colors of the croissant, chocolate croissant. It's just amazing and smell. And, and you have Pepito, it's pepits of chocolate. You have uh, Financier, Madeleines. Uh, and we do macarons. All this is adding colors and adding to the bread. And then, of course, you cannot just enjoy this croissant viennoiserie without good cappuccino, latte, that you add this to the to the product, and it's end up being, like, amazing. Before we get uh, into the uh, the whole coffee aspect, the cappuccinos and the lattes, I want to say that uh, uh, for listeners who didn't catch your reference to the Viennese uh pastries, yeah. uh, you you have this incredible range, and in fact, at one point, uh, you mentioned to me that, that you were thinking that you would also uh, make your own chocolate, um, but, you know, you cannot make everything, no. uh, and maybe one day you'll manufacture your, your own chocolate, uh, but you chose to use a very high quality of Valrhona chocolate. Yeah, yeah. and uh, exactly, and chocolate, uh, you can make it but you cannot make it in the same place where you're making bread. You, it doesn't mix with the flour. So you need special room for chocolate, special temperature too. So since I couldn't do that, I said, okay, I'll postpone it because I have the molding, I have everything everything to make it. I need maybe to buy another machine, but it's possible. 
in the future, I will do it because if we offer to the community very good chocolate, homemade, it would be amazing. You know, we're going to be taking a break in just a bit. And uh, when we come back, I want to talk uh, a little bit more about some of the menu items. But I also want to talk about the earliest stages of when you conceived of creating a French uh, cafe uh, because you have a background as an engineer. And I want to talk about the transition. Uh, we're here with Hamid Rushdie. We've been talking about his very authentic French bakery uh, concept. We'll be back with Hamid right after this break. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is around town movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around Town Movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, Around Town Movers. Welcome back to the Business Hour. I'm here with Hamid Rushdie, the founder and owner of Cafe Dendrome, located in North Metro Atlanta. And, you know, for guests uh, that are unfamiliar with the Business Hour, I have drawn upon the business community in Atlanta, Georgia, even though we have guests from all over the country and have had international guests, Atlanta is a big enough and robust enough business community that we have representation for almost any business segment. And I have found that I can draw upon uh, businesses, some of whom I have some association, to offer up a slice, if you will, of American business. Uh, And to me, as an entrepreneur, you represent the epitome of an American businessman, uh, even though you are a French-American citizen, uh, you are the epitome of an entrepreneur, and this is what uh, much of the program will be about, uh, talking about uh, your transition from being an engineer for a major corporation to becoming an entrepreneur, what goes into getting a quality business off the ground, which I think you have done extremely well, We'll talk a little bit about the scalability 
because that's really important if you want to grow. And I also think that you don't want to grow too fast and to lose quality. So we'll talk a little bit about that. But going back to the, the beginning, you, uh, in order to be an authentic French restaurant, you had to have a, a good French chef and you found Chef Carl early on. Uh, and uh, since that time you've had to grow and, and other chefs have had to be trained to in the authentic French method. But tell us about uh, Chef Carl early on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just before I talk about that, you talked about my background and nationalities. It's something that really makes me who I am and I'm proud of because I lived in four countries. But actually I'm citizen of three countries. I'm uh-huh. Moroccan, French, American. And it's what makes me actually uh, who I am and what I do is based on what I got the best from these cultures. And uh, I am really uh, happy to be lucky enough to belong to these countries. So when I was thinking about... uh, Uh, Those are, by the way, three great countries in terms of flavor. Uh, I mean, you know... Food is very important. And and business is very important. And cultures, it's so amazing. And you can really combine these cultures to get amazing uh, values. And that's what I use every day as an ethical businessman in Atlanta. So when I was thinking about uh, the, this business, Café Vendôme, uh, as you know, you have, as I said, you need a recipe and chef, and you need machines, and uh, you need some, actually, uh, risk-taking and guts to, to jump from engineering to uh, a business that everybody is knowing that is very hard. And I was actually, many of my friends and businessmen I know re- recommended to don't go. It's too hard. It's too hard. But for me, at that time, hard means it's a lot of work. So I said, I'm used to work hard. It's, nothing would stop me. I mean, it's okay. So well, well, that it was also appealing, I mean, to, that it, it was a challenge? Of, of course, yes, yeah. exactly. And I love challenges. So starting some, something from scratch, just an idea, an imagination, and a vision, actually, and, and say, okay, I know it's hard. I know the location may be a little bit hidden. I know all my friends and family were really skeptical and they, and skeptic and they are really scared from seeing me failing but I, I trusted uh, my vision and my hard work and I trusted the community because I, I know going Sandy Springs for example would be a good place to do a, this business. So what were their concerns primarily of business startup in general that uh, to start up a business of any kind could be difficult? Did they think that maybe a, a a French restaurant that would be as authentic as you would like it to be would not have the appeal. Uh, what were their concerns? Their concerns, which they didn't express very well to me at that time, and it's good, is the human resources. You, because you are all this success, it depends on people. You actually have ideas, you work hard, and you make things happen, but without people, without employees, you can do nothing without good customers and loyal customers that they appreciate what you are doing, you do nothing. So you have customers base that support you. It's very important. And I was lucky to have this support support of the community. And I was even amazed when they are telling me, thank you for coming doing Café Vendôme here, which is, uh, for me, it's like amazing. I was telling, I was thinking I had to thank them to come, but they were thanking me to create something. And then you have all the resources because the markets can be challenging to find good people you that you can rely on and they, I was lucky to find good people so the first one I brought from France I did this O1 visa 
was a chef Carl who is a very talented uh, young chef. I gave him all the possibility to create and green green light to do whatever he wants. And he was very he was amazing to build with me the the, the coffee in the beginning. Unfortunately, he was good enough. He somebody noticed him, and you always have somebody coming to hire your stuff when they are good. So it's part of the business. It's well, part of the risks. Right, which is something you and I talked about. There's uh, no way you can prevent uh, people from wanting to move up and out, and uh, it's an ever-present uh, problem of uh, you cultivate uh, talent. You identify the talent, you cultivate the talent, you train people, and then they want to move up and out. And, you know, you cannot uh, change uh, no. this evolution uh, of people's careers. Yeah. But uh, but they come up with an idea now. Now I see things differently. Now the the, the chef, I think, if you want to, to keep them, you have to be having a stake in the business, a big stake in the business, and then they will stay. If they don't have big stake, anyone can, can come and give them more money, and you lose them, which is uh, part of the part of actually things that was worried my friends and my uh, advisors at that time. So do you have a, a group of chefs, and uh, are, are, is it the head chefs which have an interest in the company? Uh, not yet. Not yet. I'm, I'm negotiating this, this kind, of, uh, um, kind of sharing business. It's not yet done. It will be actually to grow, to be able to handle the growth and have different locations. It's kind of a necessity for me. Yeah, you mentioned the human resources element, and you and I also had this conversation about young people. You know, many, many businesses are dependent upon young people, teenagers and 20-somethings. In the server community, there are legions of restaurants which are filled with uh, uh, teenagers and uh, 20-somethings, and this is a very difficult group to hold on to. Exactly. Actually, between like 18, 17 to 25, they are, they, I mean, you have different, it depends on their background and it depends on also uh, how they grew up, but you can find amazing, amazing young people uh, that they can work hard and they can, they are motivated, they are happy to be in good environment because after all, they like the environment. If they like the environment, they like you, they, they will work with you. But the way they work is different from other generations. We have to accept it. It's just how they are. You have to know how to approach them, how to manage them, how to keep them motivated. And you have to accept when they want to move to college or do something else. He said, that's fine. Don't see it personal. The same person which is going to be a quality employee. Uh, and I know that you have people who are not just what I call waitrons. They're not the automated servers. They are people thinking, feeling, people with individual characters, uh, uh, character and thought. And that same person is someone who is looking to evolve uh, professionally. Uh, and also, I believe that uh, in many countries, but particularly in the U.S., when you have a strong economy in a given market, that market has a shortage of young people because there are jobs that and much uh, mobility uh, within the marketplace. So it's even more difficult. I know. I realize it now. But but I try to differentiate myself and my business. That's so not only about money, how much you pay them, but how you empower them. Because I basically, when I hire, I have maybe 60, 70% are customers. They come as customers. And others are friends of my employees or friends of my customers. 
But you empower them. You show them. You tell them. You think as a customer what you expect. When you were a customer, what you were expecting. And you think as an owner. If you own this place, what would you do? Do exactly what logic and what what you think it's fair. Do it. Nobody will stop you doing anything you think is right for business and for customer. This is how they are managed, actually. This is the concept. Yes. Not only how they are managed, but because you are uh, operating a quality business, uh, this is a quality business which goes on the resume. Yeah. Ah, you worked at the Café Vendon. Yeah, you must be a professional exactly. a person. And, you know, my guest of last week, Michael Coles, who has written his book, uh, Time to Get Tough, with many lessons uh, derived from his experience as a, a business uh, entrepreneur, he, um, you know, he talks about being a, a mentor to his people, which I believe you are as well, to okay. try to help people to uh, see uh, what skills they have and how to cultivate those skills. And again, once you do this, uh, you are grooming someone to to move on, but this is the nature of the business. Exactly, and I, I, I do that, and I also show them how you can be calm with customers because, after all, it's a, it depends on your uh, emotional uh, emotional intelligence. You need to be calm. When some customer is challenging, you need to handle it with calm. You are, they are maybe young, but they show maturity. You have to be inspired, and I, I help them, and they see me. I don't scream. I don't say bad words. I don't lose my emotional intelligence, and this is how they behave. You see, that actually your image. You are very common. When We're going to be taking a break. When we come back, I'm going to give a perfect example of how you commonly addressed a uh, situation uh, in the restaurant, in the cafe. We're here with Hamid Rashdi, and uh, we'll be back with Hamid to talk more about what went into creating a really quality French cafe concept and the execution behind the concept right after this break. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. This is David Donaldson with the Atlanta Healing Center, conveniently located in Lawrenceville, Georgia. At AHC, your success is our goal. Addiction recovery is about more than just not using. It's about becoming a whole person and addressing all aspects of your physical, psychological, and social needs. Please call us at 770-696-9862, or you can reach us on the web at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not... You probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one, can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Business Hour. I'm Ron Camacho, your host, and today we have Hamid Rushdie, who is sharing with us insight into making the transition from being an engineer to being a 
founder and the owner of an authentic French bakery concept. Uh, and we've been talking about what went into the concept and some of the dimensions of what it takes to execute that concept. We were talking about the human resources dimension of the restaurant. And he, I mean, mentioned that uh, one thing he wants to share with his people are uh, the emotional component, the, the the emotional IQ aspect, if you will, the calm nature which is appropriate in situations, oftentimes in restaurants when a customer might be uh, irate or simply a little bit disappointed. And I said before the break that I would give you an example of how Hamid handled the situation so beautifully. Uh, it was t- toward the end of the day. Uh, any good bakery will run out of baguettes. Uh, in France, if you don't get it in the morning or by noon, sometimes you're out of luck. You know, there's not always a surplus of quality baguettes. Customer came in, was looking for a, a couple of baguettes, and you, you and I were chatting, but you noticed that the customer came in and you thought maybe he could be looking for a baguette, and you asked your people, they said yes. You went out into the parking lot, and you said, were you looking for a baguette? He says yes, and you asked them how many he was looking for. You called to your other store, and you found that they had some baguettes. So you solved this problem. I think that customer must have felt really good yes. about that. It's true, because it's actually I, I always, my goal every morning is making my customer happy. It's really because I'm, what I'm doing, all this I'm doing for who? For customers to be happy. It's happiness and good experience. So if at the end of the day you see somebody frustrated and not getting his baguette and you could solve his problem, it's like, it's, it's what you say, it's pity. So what I do, I always make sure that I can listen, I can see their needs and I make them happy because they are expressing it actually every day. When they come in, they are welcome. They, they feel special. They have this good atmosphere. So this, this is one of the cases that you saw, but I do it very often. I also, I'm closing in the night and I see one of the cars in, in the parking lot and I, customers don't have customers and I will offer, offer them things at the end of the day, say, this is for you. They feel so special and they are happy, they come back and they remind me and I don't even remember. And they said, do you remember you offered us something? I said, I don't know. I must have been very nice that day. <laughs> so, no, so no, no one goes into a, a, a restaurant uh, to not have a, a good time. Yeah. Uh, they, they might not be... Ex- expecting more than just a, a quality uh, a meal, uh, a, a, a tasty um, bite uh, of food. But uh, oftentimes um, you are going in to escape uh, the other elements of your day uh, to have a relaxed moment with something tasty to eat. And I think this is the kind of environment that you have created is uh, a, a nice uh, respite from uh, an otherwise busy day, I mean, which if you, for listeners who have had the, the pleasure of uh, sitting in a nice cafe uh, in Europe, it, it doesn't have to be just France, but in France there are many, many fine cafes in many, many towns where it's such a pleasant experience to go and relax and to have a cappuccino or a latte, which brings us to the subject you decided also you would have quality coffee and uh, quality, authentic um, cappuccinos and lattes. Your experience living in 
Italy in Milan must have contributed to that. Tell us about that. Yeah, I was transferred from Paris to Milano in '96. By uh, actually, I was working for a telecom company from New Hampshire. So they needed some expertise in Milano, and I accepted the challenge. And I learned Italians. They paid for my classes, and it was actually amazing, amazing experience to be with Italians. Uh, so. Of course, every morning you have your cappuccino, and I get used to it, and it's amazing. It's an amazing experience. And when I went back to France, I worked actually in Nice, I noticed that I am not liking any more coffee as you used to. I will be, I became, I became very picky. So I bought like new machines, I remember, uh, and then I was always, always looking for good coffee. So when I created my uh, Café Vendôme, I could not... Do, I could not make a coffee without a real espresso machine from Italy. La Marzocco is one of the best. And, and then you have a concept of also dialing in the morning, fine-tuning the coffee, like measuring to the, its precision to the gram, uh, and every gram, every timing works like to make sure that the coffee is well-balanced and not, not sour. So I selected also very good coffee beans. So all this makes this experience from Italy shared with the community here in, in Atlanta. So now, uh, when you go to Café Vendôme, not only you have the French experience, but you have the latte cappuccino macchiato experience from Italy, which that's why I said I'm lucky that I had this experience in a few countries. I might uh, <clears throat> add here that uh, for anyone local who's looking for a good cup of cappuccino, you can get a pretty good cup of cappuccino at uh, a Starbucks, uh, but you run the risk sometimes that the cappuccino has been turned into a latte. Um, one thing uh, that your cafe does is keep a cappuccino, a cappuccino, exactly. which is a little bit stronger, has a little bit less milk exactly. than a latte, which is the word for milk. And so... Oftentimes, I find myself trying to explain if I think they might listen, if there's not people standing behind me in a Starbucks, that a cappuccino has a little bit less milk. And I know that sometimes they're, the server is trying not to give you a, a half-filled cup, yeah. and thereby they're pouring more milk, giving you a fuller cup. But this is not the point. It's the it's not about no it's, it's not a, about how filled it is actually in general I said don't fill it up it's very hard to even to move with it it's about the balance between the milk and the coffee it's the balance that it's important to make a lot in cappuccino it's not quantity it's quality and this is actually what we uh, uh, train our uh, baristas to do in Café Vendor you know we we mentioned that um, you lived uh, in in Milan but you also lived in Paris, uh, you lived in Versailles, you lived in one of my favorite cities in all of Europe, yes. Lille. How lucky I was. <laughs> in the north of France, for, yeah. for listeners who aren't so, familiar, yeah. it's on the border of uh, the Netherlands. In the Belgium. Oh, Belgium, yeah. yes, on yeah. the, 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 the border of Belgium and, and France. And it's a delightful town. Uh, so you ha have lived Milan, Paris, uh, Lille, Lille, Versailles, Versailles, Nice or Valbonne. Oh, Nice, yes. Nice and Valbonne. Valbonne. Yeah, because I worked there in R&D. So, in the French area. Uh, so, tell us 
Toulouse. Toulouse. Okay. Even more incredible. <laughs> what uh, What do you think that the composite influence has been on your sensibility? I think maybe the seeds were planted unconsciously that you spent time in, in cafes in those places yeah. and you adopted or you took on the you, you interpreted this experience you internalized it and now you're recreating this in a cafe because we've talked about menu items we've talked about the cappuccinos we've talked about the pastry the breads uh, which you're doing in authentic ways but also uh, you're you're attempting to also bring a little bit of France uh, to the cafe and you've done this interior design ways talk about this yeah so when you live in Lille you enjoy city, especially I like the Vieux-Lille, this little old city, it's amazing. I enjoyed also people, amazing people, north of France are amazing people, very, very warm. They have to take time to get to know you, then they are friends forever. Then you go to Paris. I was living not very far from Eiffel Tower. You just walk and you, need, you meet so many international people. It's also these streets and these, these parks and, and these monuments, it's amazing. It's, it's influenced you, of course. Then I moved to Versailles, which is another... I was like five minutes, leaving five minutes from the Chateau de Versailles. That's where I was running. So all this elegance and this, this boulevard and this building, amazing. Uh, it's actually... Uh, I have two boys born in Versailles, and I, I was married in Versailles, and it's just my favorite city in, in, in France. It's a beautiful, beautiful city. Then m- moving from there to Milano. Milano, we enjoy the Italian spirit, this warmth, this... This is uh, how... Touching, how they touch you, they are friendly with you, and how passionate about soccer, which is I love. And then all this experience of gelato and coffee. So you come up, they influence you again, and you take so much from these cultures and from these cities. Then you go to Nice and Valbon, and you see this, the, the, the beach, the, 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 the sound in the morning, the smell of the morning, and this the morning dew. And <coughs> you, you, it's basically you are, you are. Without paying attention, I agree with you, you are absorbing all this uh, elegance and, and experiences and it influence your life. Then when I came here from Nice, actually, I start also appreciating the southern. People in the south are so, so nice. The community is so welcoming. And then you are saying, okay, what can I bring here that they don't have, that they can enjoy and they can make them enjoy? This is how you start thinking to create things, actually, and to share. Basically, it's all about sharing and sharing experience. So this is how I end up doing all this Café Vendôme. I, I, think, I think you were taking this all in. It was being stored away in the data banks and uh, waiting to be shared, and that you are using the Café Vendôme to uh, share a little bit of that experience. Yes. Uh, and uh, I might add, in the... Um, one of the two stores, uh, which is the slightly larger uh, store that's on Belle Isle, uh, how uh, quaint that it should be on Belle Isle mm-hmm. uh, yes. in the Sandy Springs, yes. uh, you have beautiful mural images mm-hmm. and uh, photographs of uh, aspects uh, of, of France. Uh, yeah. And uh, it, uh, it, it did, it, for someone who has been uh, to cafes in France. It takes me back a little bit yeah. uh, when I'm sitting there eating my croque monsieur or madame yeah. 
and uh, or having one of your incredible chocolate almond croissants and a, a cappuccino, uh, I, I am for a moment uh, transformed uh, into or, or, or transferred. Uh, yeah, transport into, you. Yeah, transport you to Paris. Yeah, and uh, and you can notice. You can see the mural. It's actually Place des Vosges. You can see in the in the hallway this Lille. You can see the Vieux Lille in a big, big frame there. Yes, and you see a lot of pictures of Eiffel Tower. It's actually uh, it's actually bringing this experience and my souvenirs to this cafe. And you know, I can tell that you have customers coming in, uh, ones who maybe only know a few words like bonjour. Yes. Uh, and merci. <laughs> we always say bonjour. That's right. <laughs> and I think people like that. They yes, are. Yeah, they are, yeah. trans- they are. I transfer them to French, to yeah. France. It's how we try to do these things because it's, we work hard and a lot of people are working hard. You you need this moment in your life. We live only once. We don't live two times. So that's we need to enjoy it. That, that's right. That's right. And this is the French way. We're here with Hamid Rushdi, and we have been talking about the Café Vendôme, his uh, concept, which is executed beautifully here in North Metro Atlanta. We'll be back to talk to Hamid more about this right after the break. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is around town movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around town movers for that local or cross-country move, Timothy, around town movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's Around Town Movers. Call them. Happy Oregon homeownership is the result of a good working relationship between the home buyer and their realtor. Make buying your Oregon home a fun and rewarding experience. Get our free guide to Happy Oregon homeownership. Act now. Limited availability. Free at realoregonhomes.com. That's realoregonhomes.com. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Welcome back to the Business Hour. We're here with Hamid Roshdi, and we've been talking about the French cafe concept, which he created uh, and has executed uh, here in North Metro Atlanta. Uh, it's a it's a model, a business model, which I think Hamid uh, has tremendous potential because there's a great deal of attention to detail and creating an authentic French cafe that will work in many U.S. cities or many other cities around the world, and the the key will be to maintain the quality, of course. But let's talk now about that transition from, from engineer to entrepreneur, corporate engineer to to. Uh, restaurant entrepreneur, 
you were an MBA student at Emory University uh, here in Atlanta, and you uh, told me off camera that uh, you feel that the program helped you to think out of the box in terms of other possibilities. You mentioned uh, uh, entrepreneurialism, uh, a portion of the uh, MBA program. Tell us a little bit about that transition during the MBA program. Yes. So first, when you are an engineer from France, for us in France, uh, an MBA is United States. Because we have MBAs in France, but an MBA is United States. I always was always dreaming. I love studying, so I always dreaming about an MBA. So when I was ready, uh, because for me an MBA must start with, if you want to do an MBA, you must do it after an experience in corporation. Don't do it after just uh, graduation. So in 2005, I compared different MBM, uh, uh, MBAs in, uh, in Atlanta, and I loved the program in Emory. And Emory actually had amazing professors. And at that time, my MBA, the, the weekend executive MBA, was ranked sixth in the world. Yes, and, and believe me, it was really worth it because what I learned from my professors and from my classmates was amazing. Because imagine you are learning from a professor, but at the same time, you're learning from executives around you that you are sharing the atmosphere. The sharing was just amazing for me as an engineer. I was like absorbing and I was bringing my experience, international experience to the classroom that many professors also appreciated. One of the class I remember, entrepreneurship class, this is when I start thinking, I need to leverage this, this study. I need to leverage this MBA. Um, and this is the country for that. I mean, United States is known for businesses for risks, for trying things, and you fail, you stand up, and you move. So I come up with uh, different ideas, actually. Café Vendôme is my second or third idea, actually. So um, I was inspired by, by my professors and my classmates. You know, you mentioned that uh, the U.S. is a place uh, which cultivates uh, entrepreneurial entrepreneurialism, and I and I, I, I have to say that um, oftentimes people forget that entering college uh, as the first stage of, of higher education, if you will, you actually uh, can pick many, many, many different uh, directions to move in, uh, You and you can change, uh, much as you did while you were in the graduate program uh, at Emory. Uh, I have often said to young people, you know, at no other time in your life will someone hand you a book that is filled with courses, mm-hmm. and they will say, uh, pick some courses to immerse yourself in, yeah. and that you get to study things from uh, English literature, French literature, American history, engineering, uh, mass communications, and then change to something else. Yeah. Because in the future, no one's going to hand you a a book with options, you're going to be on a track. And one way to get off of the track is to do what you did in the MBA program at Emory where you had the freedom of mind to think of other possibilities, specifically the French restaurant concept. Tell us about how you came up with this. So in in the beginning, just as I said, I noticed there is a need. So there is a need and you have all the information all the way to create a business because you are doing an MBA, you're learning everything to start a business. If you have few ingredients, first one, the passion. You need to be passionate. 
Second, you need, when you do something, you do, you do it right. You do it very well. Otherwise, it's not worth it. You just waste your time. Then the risk. You have to be able to accept the risk. You have to have the guts and accept the risk. You fail. It's fine. You stand up and you move. If you don't have these ingredients, whatever you study, you, it doesn't work. So if these ingredients plus all these classes and all structured uh, information that they are so valuable, you don't need anyone actually after an MBA. You don't need anyone to help you to do your financial forecast or to do your business model or to do your marketing uh, campaign. Everything is handed to you in the class. And what better way to take a risk than in that environment? Ah, yes. Yeah. Because you are coming up with a concept and you are working out the execution, executional strategy. And I saw your business plan. Uh, yeah. It was highly structured. I, yeah. I, have, I mentioned to you that I've worked on business plans as a writer. I've helped people tweak their business plans. I've, I've seen none more carefully detailed, much like an engineer. Yes. I mean, this is one of the benefits of your having the engineering background and having worked as a professional, that yes. you uh, put a lot into your, uh, your, your business plan and... Although you tell me that early on this business plan, because it was a new concept, was not as well received, I believe that today, and I yeah. told you that that business plan, because you've executed with two uh, cafes, yeah. uh, will be much better received. I, I agree, and many customers noticed. They said, ah, this is too detailed. That's, uh, we can see your engineering back, your engineering experience here. Uh, it's true. I mean, I, it's a character. It's how you are. It's how you are. I don't know. It's... It's being born a certain way, but also leveraging your experience through time and with people and with different countries. But at the same time, you need to persevere. You need to believe in yourself and persevere. You cannot give up because it's so hard. It's not easy. Otherwise, everybody can do it. You need to keep up. And one thing I, I just don't want to forget, and I apologize for interjecting here, but, I mean, you also believe in high ethical standards when exactly. it comes to professionalism. Uh, and you've actually presented, um, a, in that regard, yeah. uh, kind of business ethics. Tell us a little bit about this. It just I was invited to this class, MBA class in, at Emory, to talk about ethics in business, but from a uh, cultural point of view, how cultures who see ethics in business. So you share your experience because ethics in business, when you're in Italy or in Morocco, you're in France, United States, is a little bit different. The culture and the ethics are so uh, connected. So I had to share this experience. And I, for me, ethical being do, doing ethical business, even when you negotiate any deal, you need to be ethical and you need to do it kind of win-win uh, 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 negotiation. And the, the world is so small. It's, you meet always somebody somewhere that you did business with or you connected with, so they can be customers in the future. You can, they can work for you. You can work for them. So anything you do, if you have ethics and respect for people, it follows you, and you never have problems. And I, in the past, corporation hired me back. They cannot when you resign and you leave, and they hired you back. It's because they believe that you have good ethics. You can't leave, as I say in French, uh, don't leave your your place when you are leaving. Don't leave your place dirty. It means you keep always your place clean. And what we say in the United States, what goes around comes around. This yes, what goes around comes around. And also, um, in the previous program with with our uh, with a guest, Michael Cole, 
uh, one thing he pointed out is that if you have high ethical standards, you want to surround yourself with other high integrity exactly. people, which helps you to maintain a high higher ethical standard uh, and and professionalism throughout your business, particularly as you grow. Your experience in the MBA program at Emory seems to have been very good. Would you say that's true? And it transformed my life. What would you recommend? Transformed to, me completely. Well, what would you recommend to someone who is thinking about an MBA program? So first, as I said, don't just do an MBA because you finish your graduation. Look for jobs and work, and do different, if possible, different department in work at, in, in any corporation. Do like I don't know if you're an engineer, do operation, do R and D, or solution design, and, and and then when you go to the MBA, you start thinking how your corporation was working. You start connecting the dots. You start also understanding why HR were, were doing this, why this uh, business uh, team were, were doing this way, why the marketing was this way. You you leverage what you learn, you, and you share also your experience. And then you, at the end of the, of the program, you, you end up really understanding how business works and how you can leverage it as an entrepreneur. You can leverage it in corporation and you basically, you have, uh, you can be transformed. And what advice would you offer to anyone, uh, a young person who is thinking, I would like to become an entrepreneur. I would like to own my own business. I would like to be uh, independent uh, or even someone later in the career as you did, transforming from a corporate uh, engineer to a completely different uh, uh, field <clears throat> as an entrepreneur, what advice would you give for someone who's thinking okay. about a uh, career as an uh, entrepreneur? Yeah, so <clears throat> first, just make sure you are passionate about something, first thing. Then make sure you see a differentiation what you are providing. Don't just copy-paste something existing. Make a differentiation. Uh, make add value to, to something, to the community. Then then just be... Uh, you have to persevere. Don't just say it's hard and you stop. Some financial, financial part is very challenging because, for, let's say, in, in a restaurant business, banks will not be behind you. They are scared from the word restaurant. So you need some money. You need. You can use your 401k. You can use uh, family's money. And if you have a good business case and good uh, business model, you can convince a lot of people to help you. And then just be ethical and go forward and go structured and surround yourself with good people. If let's say it end up, let's say sometimes some people lose their job. They they are laid off. This is actually a great opportunity to use whatever package they get from their corporation and apply uh, an idea that they have with passion, with perseverance, and, and they will be successful if they believe in it. And I will say that you have uh, surrounded yourself with some quality people. You've identified some quality people. <clears throat> Even the young people that are working with you, I've had encounters with some of those people, and they're really quite professional. Yes. Uh, whatever guidance you have provided to them helps them to be more professional, but to begin with, you identified some people which are, I think, really sharp people. They're mostly younger people. Yeah, and, I was uh, lucky, yeah. Yeah, you've done a, lucky. a very good job. I was lucky to have good teams and good support. Uh, good. I was lucky to have a good community around me that a lot of people I thank now for my team and family, friends, and my customers. They are, uh, without them, 
we cannot succeed. And, you know, I want to, for listeners out there, and we do have a question that's just come in. Um, Roger's asked, uh, where is the restaurant? And uh, tell them uh, where yeah. the two locations are. So the first one is in uh, Roswell Road, uh, 4969 Roswell Road. Uh, it's behind, if you didn't know, Food 101, which will be very cross street from Kroger, Roswell Road. It's in the back side of the building. Very hidden, but it was successful because people supported it and I liked it. Second one is a Sandy Springs City Walk. It's the new city hall of Sandy Springs, the new theater, and there is a new shopping center there. So it's another uh, Café Vendôme, which is smaller but cuter. <laughs> uh, you have the City Springs. It's Café it's Vendôme. Café the Vendôme. name is Café Vendôme. Café Vendôme. Yeah. Um, for Americans, it's Vendôme. Yeah, V-E-N-D-O-M-E. And... Um, Two locations, one in South Sandy Springs, one in the uh, City Springs uh, City Center. Yeah. I want to thank you, uh, Hamid, for taking the time to be my guest. I my think pleasure. you shared a great deal of passion and insight about uh, what it takes to get a business off the ground. Thank you. My pleasure. I was happy to share, and I was happy to with you, and I appreciate you also as a customer. You are so appreciative, and you're, it's so nice to be with you all the time. So thank you. Well, it's been my personal experience that led to having you on as a guest uh, because it's been always very positive when I'm in the uh, cafe Vendome. Thank you. You've been listening to the Business Hour here at America's Web Radio. We're on Fridays from 10 to 11 a.m. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you on the Internet and on the radio next week. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.